Welcome to Work and Play, the podcast of Kinsanji Brooks Smith and Profit. Here we discuss employment news and provide practical insights and tips that you can use at your company or in your practice. I'm your host, Susan Basford Wilson. With me is my co host and partner, Sherry Silverman. Sherry, I want to start off today by discussing a pretty controversial topic. Hmm. Masks? Politics? Whether an avocado is a fruit or a vegetable? Clearly it's a fruit, but no. Have you seen the at-home remake of The Princess Bride? I I, I know this is going to break your heart. I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of this at-home remake until you mentioned it a few days ago. Um, but I did look it up, and it looks kind of hilarious. This is my favorite movie of all time, and I have to say that I have strong and complicated feelings about this so-called remake. I mean, raising money for charity, admirable. Jennifer Garner and Neil Patrick Harris, I love them, but I was concerned about what they were going to do to my movie. However, the ones I have seen so far are, uh, they're, they're pretty funny, Um Of course, I do recommend that everyone watch the original classic version first. Yeah, I hear you. I'd be conflicted too if this happened to be one of my favorites, but you know, I'll confess, I haven't lost sleep over this particular one. (laughs) Fair enough. All right, now that I have gotten that off my chest, I feel like I can move on with the substance of today's show. May I ask you a personal question? Um, you know, I'd say yes, if we're still talking about movies, but I have a feeling that's not where you're going with this since you said substance, but you know, go ahead anyway. How do you feel about the idea of your employer monitoring or tracking you? You know, my initial reaction is I like my privacy, but I also can't possibly be doing anything exciting enough that anyone would want to track me. You know, so really, it probably just depends on the when, where, why, and how of what you mean by tracking me. Fair enough. As you might have guessed, that's what I want to talk about today. I think it's a very interesting topic. You know, interesting might be a strong word for some, but it's certainly a timely and relevant topic, whether or not it's your particular cup of tea. Well, as we so often do on the show, I think it's appropriate to start our discussion of employee tracking and monitoring by walking through the applicable laws. We do frequently talk about laws, occupational hazard, I suppose. That's a nice way to put it. I was going to say that lawyers tend to be nerds. Um, But anyway, the federal laws governing workplace monitoring are actually pretty sparse. Um, For example, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act protects certain oral and electronic communications from unauthorized interception, use, and disclosure. The Stored Communications Act protects wire and electronic communications and records, though it doesn't apply to communications stored on a company system if the company's policy authorizes such access. So following up on our discussion about the First Amendment in the social media context, what about the Fourth Amendment? Does that come into play when we're talking about workplace monitoring? Good question. GPS tracking is certainly a hotly contested issue in criminal matters because of the Fourth Amendment prohibition on 
unreasonable searches or seizures. Um, However, the Fourth Amendment applies to public employers and governmental action, not to private employers. Got it. And there are some National Labor Relations Act implications here too, right? There are, as we've mentioned before, the National Labor Relations Act prohibits employers from taking certain actions against employees who are engaging in protected concerted activity. These protections apply to both unionized and non-union workplaces. And it is possible that overly broad surveillance could infringe on employees' ability to engage in concerted activities that are protected by Section 7 and or create an unfair labor practice claim under Section 8 of the NLRA. I have seen cases on it. Yeah. You know, I feel like there are a lot of types of employee monitoring that could occur with today's technology that wouldn't be covered by these dated federal laws. What, you don't use the telegraph often these days, Sherry? (laughs) Well, as we all know, real laws lag behind the real world by a decade or two. Yeah, I agree, at least. But there are also a lot of state laws in these areas, right? Correct. We usually don't focus too much on state-specific laws on this podcast, but I do think it's important to mention a few of them today because they can play such a significant role in this area. Okay. I will bet you, let's say, a dozen Princess Bride DVDs that the laws vary widely between states. Not that I want a dozen DVDs, but I am not taking that bet because you are right. So, for example, many states have wiretapping laws that encompass workplace surveillance related to telephone calls. Other states like California, Tennessee, and Texas have laws limiting an employer's ability to use GPS or other electronic tracking devices. States like Connecticut and Delaware have prohibitions on monitoring employees in areas where employees have a reasonable expectation of privacy, like restrooms and locker rooms. And I know some states have laws about tracking computer use or prohibiting employers from asking for employee passwords to their social media accounts. You are absolutely right, though I have to tell you, every time I run across one of those social media password laws, I'm like, who does that? Who thought that was a good idea in the first place? But I digress. Um, And there are also state laws that cover tracking employees and some that cover what employers can and can't do based on employees after hours conduct. In addition to actual laws, employee monitoring can also run afoul of common law privacy claims like invasion of privacy and intrusion into seclusion. The idea there is that employees have a certain right to privacy and employers, or other people for that matter, can't unlawfully intrude into their private affairs. Correct. And practically speaking, companies should certainly keep the price tag in mind in this area because many of these claims come with the potential for punitive damages or even a class action. Yeah, that is never good. So to sum it up, we have a few federal laws that come into play, plus lots and lots of state laws and a few common law claims thrown in there. Is that pretty much cover it? Yes, though I also want to say, again, that the type of technology being used is relevant when you're talking about 
workplace monitoring. Um, older technology like telephones, they're, they're going to be more heavily legislated and litigated than newer high-tech options like keystroke tracking. Good point. You know, kind of <laughs> reminds me why you didn't want to take me up on that DVD offer because it's speaking of old technology, data technology, <laughs> that's probably one example. Um, all right. So some of those older lawsuits probably um, provide some helpful guidance, though, that's applicable to the new technology today, right? You're right. And to illustrate that, do you want to play a quick game? Why, sure. What do you have in mind? How about a quick round of the ever popular party game, Would You Rather? Would you rather have your employer monitor your location 24-7 via a GPS chip in your company car that you're permitted to use for personal use, or have your employer track you 24-7 via an app on your smartphone? This is an or. It's not like A, B, or C, because I can. is there an option C? <laughs> <laughs> right? Just to be clear, before all our listeners are like, Whoa. Where do y'all work? Kim Sanji does neither of these things. Right. No. I asked the question because if an em- employer is thinking about implementing any kind of employee monitoring or tracking program, then I would recommend that the company start by considering the appropriate balance between reasonable employee concerns and legitimate business interests. Just because you as a company could technically do something doesn't mean it's a great idea. Yep. I see your point. Okay. But I have a question for you. What about this? Do you think most people would rather have their employers listen to all their work telephone calls or routinely check their internet browser history at work? Well, for me, I frankly don't care either way. I am incredibly unexciting, except on those rare occasions when I'm Googling a plaintiff or a witness and I run across something eh, too exciting that he or she has done. Ditto. But the truth is a ton of companies do both, or at least they reserve the right to do both within their policy. And those companies use it as a tool to ensure that employees are providing good customer service or frankly, that they're actually working when they're supposed to be working. Think about every time you call a business and you hear that recorded warning before you actually reach, eventually reach a live person that says, calls may be monitored for quality assurance. Yeah. And that's a great point. There are a lot of legitimate business reasons that employers might track an employee's physical location or monitor their computer use. Uh, In the age of COVID-19, employers might want to keep tabs on employees' physical location within the facility to ensure that everyone is following the company's direction regarding social distancing. The company might also want the information in case an employee is infected so that they can figure out who that employee came into contact with in order to notify them or make a decision related to perhaps a partial business shutdown that's designed to stop the spread of the infection. True. Um, All right. So what other fun scenarios can we come up with in this area? Said the employment lawyer. Um, How about this? What happens if an employee drives the company car to the local strip club for lunch because the chicken wings are obviously fabulous there? (laughs) All right. Hey, no judgment here. Um, You know, there are plenty of them right here in Tampa. I don't care as long as the employee is unimpaired and 
gets back to work on time. Um, but okay, so what if you use a drone to monitor a construction site and inadvertently observe two employees engaged in a, um, let's say, consensual romantic liaison during their lunch break? You know, at a construction site, I feel like there might be some some safety implications there, among other things. Um, obviously, these are very fact-specific situations. But in general, employers do need to be careful about taking action against employees for off-duty behavior, especially in some states where there are specific statutory protections on that topic. So again, employers should balance employee protections with what is happening, where it's happening, and what your policy says about the behavior in question and the monitoring. All right. So perhaps less excitingly, we often have (laughs) situations where messages on company platforms like email or chat features or even video surveillance provide information related to an employee complaint. And that can be used to help in investigating the complaint and also, hopefully, preventing bad behavior in the future. You know, I once had a client where a former employee filed a charge of discrimination saying he was wrongfully terminated. There were, of course, a lot of moving parts in that matter, but we had a surveillance video of this guy stealing company stuff, and he was fired for theft. That's it's pretty helpful and compelling evidence. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely had that evidence in cases too. And I think workplace surveillance and especially employees knowing in advance that workplace surveillance is happening can help deter employee theft or other behaviors that we typically frown upon. You know, I really like what you said there about employees knowing about it in advance. If your company is going to implement or revisit some sort of workplace monitoring, whether it's it's via video surveillance, computer monitoring, or a badge chip, I recommend that you explain the program to your employees. Tell them what you're doing, when you're doing it, where you're doing it, and why. And I would really, really like it if you got employees' written consent beforehand. That is then safely housed in the employee's personnel file. You know, consent's actually required in some states for some types of monitoring. And I think it's just a good idea everywhere because it's what we call an affirmative defense to many statutory and common law claims. Yes. And practically speaking, I I think it's just a way less creepy to know what is happening in advance than it is for the employer to suddenly say, surprise, we've been watching you. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Of course, if you are investigating a discrete instance of theft, that might be a bit different depending on your state and the facts of that situation. Agreed. But just generally speaking, we don't want employers to channel their inner NCIS agent, right? Talk about a show I can and have binge watched. Uh, But yes, I get nervous if an employer is conducting its own covert sting operation. I recommend that we leave that to the law enforcement professionals. There you go there with your solid and practical advice. I got more of it for you. You know what else I would like to see when employers are implementing any type of monitoring program? Let me guess, it's one of your favorite soapboxes, right? 
I am so stinking predictable. Yes, you're right. I would like to see a thorough, widely distributed, and easily available policy. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad. In employment law, predictability is often a good thing. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you'd want to see an explanation of what monitoring will occur and when it will occur. I do. Like I said, I want to know what data will be gathered, who will be able to see it, and how long you're going to keep it. Let me give you an example. Obviously, the the company and I are going to need to discuss these uh, issues in more depth, but I'm generally not going to be in favor of a procedure that allows every single manager to check the GPS data on every employee that they supervise at any time. However, it might be appropriate for that same manager to be able to listen to customer calls made by the employee to ensure good customer service. And with that in mind, I think it would also be appropriate to have language in that policy about what happens if someone misuses this tracking data or accesses it without authorization. Yeah, I see that. I'd also add something about how employees should have no expectation of privacy on company equipment or within public areas of the facility. Agreed. And just in case this is a point in debate, surveillance in restrooms, locker rooms, or other areas where it's traditionally that people would have a reasonable expectation of privacy is both super creepy and actually unlawful in most places. Yeah, cue the ominous music on that one. Um, Did you know that some states also say that surveillance in common areas provided for employee relief or comfort, like break rooms, is also not permitted? Yes. Um, You know, that is very interesting. And it goes back to the point that companies really need to know and be familiar with the laws of the specific states in which they operate. You know who's often really familiar with those quirky state-specific laws? your favorite labor and employment lawyer. Yep. Or, you know, even your not so favorite labor and employment lawyer. I I don't care whether you love your attorney or not, but it's typically a good idea to make a call and run your policy by him or her before rolling it out. And while you're at it, it's always advisable to, you know, give it a look every now and then, or maybe every year or so. It will probably save you money in the long run. All right, Sherry, I think we have just enough time for our entertaining endnote or fascinating finish. Do you have anything like that for me today? Well, on the topic of employee tracking, there's a lot of buzz about contact tracing apps that are designed to track down exposures after an individual is, you know, contracts COVID-19 and they're identified as having it. Good point. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention or to everyone's attention. Um, So the app uses either GPS or Bluetooth data to record when two users have been in close proximity to each other for a sufficiently long, long enough period of time for the virus to be transmitted. And then when a user reports that he or she is COVID-19 positive, the app can immediately alert other users who were near the infected user encouraging them to get tested. Um, Needless to say, there are all sorts of privacy concerns implicated in this, and there's some draft legislation designed to protect people's privacy, but many states already have these in use. This is a really complex subject that you certainly want to discuss with the aforementioned labor and employment attorney, but I think one point here goes back to what we mentioned earlier about balancing interests. 
employers are trying really hard to keep their employees safe from COVID-19 while also, you know, actually running their businesses. And many companies are looking for new or perhaps just more effective ways to do that in this day and age. All in all, fascinating times we live in. Uh, And if you want to learn more about this topic, listeners, please check out an article I wrote about employee tracking that's on Constanji.com. Thank you for joining me today, Shuri. Thank you, Susan. Before we sign off, I do want to ask our listeners to follow us, rate us, and especially leave us a written review on iTunes so that other people who are interested in employment law can find us. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in again in a couple of weeks for the next episode.